All right, there are a lot of viral videos flooding the internet, flooding your smartphones. Most of them, eh, forgettable. Most of them, you watch it, you move on with your day. But have you seen these people who live in these areas that are so cold that their driveways are entirely iced over? And apparently, they forget every day that their driveways are entirely iced over. So these people in these cold weather cities, they grab their coffee, grab the briefcase, you got your gym bag for later, you got your backpack, you got a hat on, you're ready to go. Suited up and ready for work. And then for some reason, people film this. I don't know who's filming, but it's now my new source of joy. Videos of people slipping and falling and sliding in their own driveways is the greatest thing. Honestly, you've probably seen one or two by now, right? My favorite thing used to be people fainting montages on YouTube. Nope, people slipping in their own driveways. There's this one guy the other day getting the newspaper. Both of his slippers fly off. He immediately does a backflop and his driveway is sloped just enough for him to slide all the way down into the street. And then you could hear a voice from behind his wife saying, Why'd you do that? As if that was his plan. But the best one ever. This guy who's a very serious businessman, suit and tie, briefcase, and he has two steps to get to his car. Two steps into his driveway to get to his automobile. And in those two steps, the first one, my good Lord, the first step puts him immediately parallel with the cement. And then his second step, there's just enough room like he's tap dancing. And then he tries to take a couple more steps, couple more steps. He's trying to save himself. So it's like very Charlie Chaplin, like one slip, he's falling. The second step, he knows he's falling. So he tries to tap, tap, tap quickly, find some traction. And then he has a lawn, but his entire lawn is also iced over. So he slips from his own cement right off his automobile through the lawn and then over the sidewalk and into the road. And there's like cars coming. It's just so good. I love when he goes quick steps, quick steps, because he really thinks he's going to brace himself. You immediately have to go back inside, put on a new suit or maybe move. Why are you still living in these towns? I'm talking to you, Americans. Why don't you just live in the sunny California towns that are made for solid footing on your way to the car? That's like the bare minimum requirement in the morning, right? So many things can go wrong, but can you walk to your car without slipping into the street and ruining your outfit? My God, I love these videos. See, that's real cold weather. We don't have that here in the Bay Area. It gets kind of cold sometimes. It's like the one of two answers I get from my students. Hey, how you doing? It's either cold or tired. Really? Are you always just cold or tired? Yeah. Hey, how you guys doing? Cold and tired. Oh, both. Terrific. I don't remember being so tired in high school. I mean, I suppose I was, but it seems like more and more kids are just so tired. Are they just on their smartphones all night? Huh? Should I go right there? I think the answer is yes. Why are you staying up so late? Click and like. Posting photos of your filtered self, having so much fun into the wee hours. FaceTiming with strangers. No, but really, did my generation just get more sleep or did we complain less? 
about being tired, one or the other. Because I remember being at high school and being able to open my eyes. And I see so many of these teens in high school barely able to open their eyes. They're not lying. They're not kidding. They are tired. But why? And now there's a movement. Gavin Newsom passed a bill to start high school later. Later. So kids get out of high school later. Kids are going to be getting out of high school like 4 p.m. And then in the winter months, now that soccer is a winter sport, you're going to be on an outdoor field. That gets dark around what? 4.45, 5, 5.15. How are you going to fit in the games? These are things that you don't have to concern yourself with. All right. Don't stress yourself out about high school winter sports, but I'm just saying it all stems from trying to console and coddle the tired children of America. Should we start the school day later for you? Yeah. Are you now going to go to sleep on time? No, you're not because you still have Instagram. You could start the school day at 10 a.m. They're still going to go to sleep at about 2.33 a.m. It's just going to move the schedule. You're just shifting it. You're not fixing the problem. Speaking of the apps, how's your 2020, huh? You following through on those New Year's resolutions? Did you make New Year's resolutions? It's only January 13th, so I hope you're doing well. Or maybe same old, same old. Really? The holidays are so exciting, but once you settle back into reality, it's just, oh yeah, same old, same old. However, I'll speak for myself. I have meditated 12 of the 13 days of 2020, and I'll do it again tonight, right after this podcast. I'm going to give myself 10 minutes to focus on my breathing, and then my mental health will be enhanced greatly. Sounds like I'm kidding. I'm not. Also, took Instagram off my phone, so I didn't delete the account. That would look dramatic. That would cause people to worry, or maybe not worry at all, but just took it off my phone, and guess what? I'm fine. I heard a rumor that Instagram still exists. Without me, that was disappointing. I thought maybe, just maybe they needed me, but of course they don't. And I don't need Instagram. You know why? I found something else. You ready for this blast from the past? And I'm not kidding about this either. Words with friends, I'm fully addicted. In my house growing up, not a lot of board games. I don't think we were a Monopoly family. Were we an anything family? I don't know, but we definitely played some Scrabble. I remember playing a lot of Scrabble. So Words with Friends is pretty much Scrabble, but you don't even need to know the word you're playing. You like this? I'm doing a little Words with Friends review. Is this a podcast from 2007? Maybe. It already sounds vintage. That's how fast we're moving. That's how innovative we are when it comes to new apps and new apps and new games and new pastimes on your smartphones. That's something just maybe 10 years old now sounds ancient. You play Words with Friends? Grandpa? Yeah, I used to play with my grandpa. Now I play with my wife, a couple of students, my Uncle Donnie. You guys know my Uncle Donnie. You can play words with friends with him. It seems like he's always ready. Always ready. My wife and I will sit on the couch. But instead of playing Scrabble, we'll just play words with friends and say, all right, I went. It'll be like an hour. And our entire conversation sounds like that. Just silence. And then somebody go, I went. Okay, I went. And then the other person goes, whoa. You played paste on triple word? And then you complain about your vowels. I have three E's, two I's, and an O. That to me is more exciting than Instagram now. I recommend doing this. If there's an app on your phone right now that annoys you, you're like, why do I keep going to this? Get get rid of it. Goodbye. Adios. And bring on words with friends. I'll play with you. I'll dominate you, pal. Actually, the truth is, I think my wife found an algorithm. I am definitely misusing algorithm. But where your first few games, you get all the letters, so it hooks you, and you start winning, and then it settles down. 
And they start fucking you with all those I's and E's and E's and I's and O's. And I have only vowels, pal. But the games are intense, okay, in the household. I'll just tell you right now. Let's get a little heated. The other day, I played a 54-point word on my wife. She hasn't spoken to me since, huh? I have a new tip for fighting with your spouse. Right when it feels like a fight is about to start, just scream as loud as you can. Now I've heard everything. Means nothing. But whatever they say, if you feel like you're on your heels, if you feel like you're starting to lose the fight, just scream. Now I've heard everything. And it'll give you a moment to rethink the situation. And then the other person will be like, what the hell does that mean? You go back and forth, tit for tat. And you got to really open your eyes real wide and put your arms up like you're being frisked. Oh, ho, ho. it always starts with that. Oh, ho, ho, ho. now I've heard everything, no matter what they say. I think it's condescending. It's probably belittling, but ultimately it's a joke. It'll loosen up the situation. You like this? I'm guiding you on how to fight. We don't fight a lot. I know that's an overshare. You always want to hear that some couples, you know, your closest couple friends fight a little bit, but not a lot, right? Do friends share that type of stuff? Are you allowed? Is that too intrusive to talk to your friends about how much fighting, how much arguing? I'd say normal once every 3.5 months to get into a good old fashioned Donnybrook, a little brouhaha. And then you find the resolution and you strengthen your relationship. This just became a self-help podcast. How to Fight and How to Heal by Josh Rosenberg. No credentials. Oh, now I've heard everything. All right. I think we all know life gets heavy from time to time. So we got to lighten it up. That means find your source of joy. Find your viral video of people slipping on ice and not getting hurt. It's not like I'm taking pleasure in people's pain, but it just makes me laugh. So if you could find an area to make you laugh or smile, do it, find it, commit to it. My other one, besides ice, uh, just Googling English Bulldog Rescue. There's no way in hell I need another dog right now. And maybe it's the fact that my dog is 306 years old that causes me to envision a future without a dog in the near future. I don't know. These are morbid thoughts, but you know what I mean. When you live with an elderly dog, you do start to think, all right, I got to prepare myself. And I know full well I'm unprepared. But when it happens, I'm going to want another dog immediately. So I'm already Googling English Bulldog Rescue, not French Bulldog, not American Bulldog, English Bulldog, not old English Bulldog. I'm talking about the Chris Farley looking chubby English Bulldog. Google videos, Google images just makes me smile at all times. And I think I need to own one. Why wouldn't I own one? You only live once. There's plenty of reasons though. If I actually ask that question out loud, why wouldn't I own one? They make me laugh. They make me smile. Well, if you Google the health issues or you've ever talked to anybody who owned or owns an English bulldog, yeah, they love their dog. But how much are they spending at the vet? There was even a movement to end this breed altogether. End it. Stop making these. They can't breathe well. They have heart issues. They have hip issues. They have wrinkle issues. Their wrinkles even get infected. Their ears get infected. Their eyes get infected. I don't think there's anything healthy about an English bulldog with a lifespan of what, nine years average? That's not good enough. So this is my internal struggle. And I've read that they're lazy. I kind of like that because I go on three dog walks a day. That's too much. That's too much. I mean, it's healthy to get outside, but for the last 14 years, I've gotten outside a little 
too much. Who needs to have that much time with the neighbors? But an English bulldog, you try to walk them, they're disappointed in you. I'm good. Just open the door. I'll go ahead on the lawn for six to seven minutes of grazing and pissing, and then I'll be right back in my warm bed. It's kind of how I want to live some days. But here's a true story. Nothing about this story is embellished. Nothing about this story is exaggerated. But when my current dog was a puppy, he was so wild. I think I've said this before, that before my shift at the radio station, I would take a coffee and a newspaper to Balboa Park. They have a great dog park, fenced in, and let him run and run and run like the maniac he was for a full hour. And then I was able to bring him back to the apartment and know that the rest of the day, He was probably going to be resting or ruining my sofa or carpet or all electronics. One or the other. Zero peace of mind. But the mornings at Balboa Park, me, a newspaper and coffee. And when I would read the newspaper from time to time, people would accuse me of not being attentive enough to your canine. Sir, you need to be watching your dog. Sir, you need to be watching your dog. People have yelled at me at dog parks. And it's true. I should be picking up the shit. But you know what? If I miss it from time to time, that's not the end of the world. I think throughout my life, I've picked up 94% of all number twos. And that is information you'll never need to know. But most of the time, coffee, newspaper, dog running around. And sure, I'd look up from time to time to see him just wreaking havoc on the other dogs. See, some dogs play at the dog park. Not my dog. My dog was looking for trouble, looking for mischief. Plenty of other dog owners would come up to me and say, your dog has stolen my dog's ball or toy. Really? How do you know he's not just playing with it? Stolen. Some people have even brought food to the dog park. Who are these people that bring food to the dog park? And I've heard their complaints too. Sir, your dog just ate our muffins. Really? Well, we're inside of a gated dog park, so I hope he enjoyed the blueberry muffin. Sir, sir, sir. But here's the real story. There was once an old Australian guy, I'd say about in his 60s, and he comes in with two bulldogs and immediately... I'll make conversation. I don't make conversation with that many strangers, but this guy had to say, wow, a couple of bulldogs, they're beautiful. And I wanted to learn about where'd you get them? How did you trust the breeder you bought them from? I had all these questions. How much is a bulldog? What are they like? What's their disposition all about? And he could tell I loved them so much. This is a true story that by the end of the conversation, he said, hey, mate, you want one? I said, I do. And he goes, honestly, you want one of mine? I was like, what are you talking about? You don't just offer another person your dog at a dog park. He said, absolutely. You take one. Take one of mine. And this is not an excuse just to do my terrible Australian accent. But I remember thinking about it. How insane am I? I was thinking about it. I could barely handle that beagle puppy back then. And of course, I think it took me four seconds to say, ah, no thanks, but I appreciate it. You know, like someone offers you a stick of gum. Oh, no thanks. I appreciate it though. This guy offered me a bulldog. It made me think that maybe he was a criminal and stole the bulldogs. I don't know. But it just seemed a little too weird. I'll never forget this story for the rest of my life. Because the conversation kind of ended there. Like it was a good conversation the entire time about English bulldogs. And then in the end, when he offers me one of his to just go home with. I don't know if he wanted some money. I don't know if I said yes. He would have been like, all right, 6,500 bucks. Let's go to the ATM right now. But I pondered it. And from that moment on, I always thought, all right, I'll probably have one later in life. And sometimes I feel closer and closer to having one. But that's the worst dog to own. The worst dog to own, right? You just live at the vet like I currently do, I guess. Yeah, that 
eight to 10 year lifespan too short, too short. Although on the other end of the spectrum, I don't know if I need a 20 year old dog. I don't know about that. Because their last years is just, ooh, you watch them wobble around and cough a lot. Things get a little gross. Even the look on my daughter's face when my dog walks into the room, it's like she's horrified. What is this? That's your brother. Why don't you pet him and then wash your hands immediately, dear? All right. All right. Is it time for stories from the sauna? Is that a new portion of this show? Stories from the sauna? I don't think it should be. I mean, I think it might become part of this podcast, but I don't think it should be. You don't think it should be. But it's always weird in there. It's always weird in the sauna. Yet I think I love it. I think I'm starting to become drawn to the weirdness. I mean, I like the heat. I like the health benefits. It's good for your muscles. But I also like seeing what kind of conversations are going to be popping up in this wooden lair. So I went on Saturday in the morning. In the morning. Before the Niners game. And in the men's locker room, I'm overhearing all these conversations. The old fellas talking about the game. I loved it. It's like city pride. People talking about the Niners. You know, they're breaking down the secondary, the coverage, the schemes, the coaches, the opponent, the Vikings. Talking about the spreads. I loved it. Just so much football talk. And even in the gym, outside of the locker room, I hear young people talking about the game. I was like, you know what? This is the beauty of sports. This is the beauty of sports. It's just a professional tackle football team. But look at us. Here in San Rafael, everybody's having these Niner conversations. And then afterwards, after my workout, go in the sauna. It is packed. And it's quiet. All right? Not bad. I found a spot on level two. There's three levels. Bench one, bench two. Bench three is the hottest. I was on level two towards the door. Now, this fella comes in. I'd say he's in his 50s. But naked, of course. Of course. Why did I have to add that? But he immediately... Ruins the silence. It says, fellas, getting ready for that game today, huh? And you hear a lot of grumbles like, yep, should be a good one. Oh, yeah. He wasn't done. Who you guys got? Who you guys got? Who you guys got? He needs our picks right now in the sun. I was like, oh, this guy. This piece of work. Now I've heard everything. But his stance of addressing everybody, he's still standing. He didn't find a spot on the bench. He's just holding court right in the doorway. Sir, put your wiener away and let these humans in the hot box enjoy some relaxation. And then as he starts toweling himself, you know, all over, just toweling himself, he kind of says to himself, this should be really, really interesting. He started to sound so serious about a football game. This should be really interesting. But it's not a science experiment. It's a football game. I mean, there's better things to say about the game. He could have talked about some players. He could have talked about any aspect of the game. But after he tried to round up a frenzy in the sauna, he just kind of grumbled to himself. This should be interesting. That's when I left. Okay. Hit the shower with my sandals. And wait, is this episode 77? Didn't I already talk about this exact thing? Are we in Groundhog Day? Is this just Bill Murray doing the same thing every single time? And wasn't that movie great? Ned? Is that Bill Murray's best ever? Yeah, I'm going to ask you a personal question. Is that Bill Murray's best ever, Groundhog Day? It's a tough question. He's done a few good ones. All right, so I did not bet the Niners game, and I have not been betting, but it's kind of a tradition for me to start gambling a little bit during the NFL playoffs. So yesterday, I did. I did put a little money down on the Seahawks and Packers, and I like to tell my wife, because all of a sudden, she watches every single play, and she becomes John Madden. She's breaking down football. She understands the game on a deep level. 
She's asking incredibly pertinent questions. Like, shouldn't he be wrapping up? That's not the linebacker's role to go around the gap. I'm like, damn, this girl actually knows football pretty well. And it only comes out when I gamble. And I tell her exactly what we need. We need the Seahawks plus four and a half, meaning they could lose by four and we still win the bet. And I parlayed it with the over 45. I had that early. The over was done. Okay. And the money was riding on this. Well, the Seahawks lost by five. So I lost by a half point and it gets real quiet and awkward in the house when old Rosenberg starts to lose. No, not too bad. Not too bad. And actually, I don't even feel drawn to it. You know, they say like chasing your money. Oh, then I got to put a game on tomorrow. Put money on the nice game. Money on the nice game. Double or nothing. Let it ride. You know, I could stop. I could just stop right now. But the intensity of watching a game you're gambling on, it almost makes me wonder, how's anybody watching this without gambling? Unless you're truly like a Seahawks fan or a Packers fan. I know it's fun to watch football. I agree. But when you put a little action on a game, all of a sudden, every play is so meaningful. You're so invested. Even if it's just a $10 bet, doesn't matter. For me, it could be a tiny bet. And all of a sudden, my heart starts to beat. I think it's like a thrill ride. This is like, at my age, I'm not going on roller coasters. Maybe this is my form of a roller coaster. Gambling on sports. So am I going to keep doing it? I don't know. But do I fully understand the appeal? Hell yes. And nobody knows what the hell they're talking about. I texted my buddy Johnny in Cincinnati. Wasn't there an HBO show called John in Cincinnati? It's not about him. But this is a guy I started off in radio with 300 years ago. And I love the fact that we were young in a profession together. It's good to be young in a profession. I think we were too young though. And then be surrounded with older people. Those are the glory days. Because you form memories and the nostalgia becomes rich. And then you become a bitter old jaded professional in whatever job you have. But being young in a job when there's a lot of older people is fun. The memories are fun. So every time I text with Johnny, we have the same old jokes about the same old folks. And it's still so damn funny. And I asked him, who do you like, Packers, Seahawks? And he gave me a full analysis. And I said, did you bet it? And he goes, no, no, no. My account ran out. I'm dry. I lost everything. So I'm like intently listening to his betting advice. Then my buddy Jason, Rick, they're teasing their bets. They got all these parlays, action writing. I never ask how much did you gamble, but I just like to know which of my friends are gambling. And then you text through the game and you text the most irrational shit. Like if a guy misses an extra point, all of a sudden you, you, you hate him and his family. If a ref blows a call in a game you have action on, are you kidding me? You want to break the ref's knees. You become a mobster. Speaking of a mobster, is it sacrilegious to say I turned off the Irishman? I really did. 40 minutes into it. I said, I've seen this before. It might even win Best Picture at the Oscars. But haven't we seen this? We've seen this. Scorsese, De Niro, Pesci, Pacino. All great actors, great performances. But what are we doing? Mob movies. I mean, we've already done all the plots. We've already told all the stories. I think I like mob movies, but The Irishman did not capture me. Maybe it's the fact that I planted the time in my head. Three and a half hours, three and a half hours, three and a half hours. I could handle a long movie. If it's good. And I could even handle slow if it's compelling. But this was just watching them go through the motions. Oh, here's where De Niro loses his temper. Boom. Here's where Pesci says something witty and crass. And he's a little scary. Boom. Here's where De Niro throws a punch. Okay, there. Here's where we shoot a guy's brains out. And boom. Okay, I've seen... What do I need three and a half hours of this for? And I know if I actually sat for three and a half hours, I would love it. But my God, we only have so many minutes in the day. It is nominated, though. I want to point that out. The nominees came out yesterday.
Real quick, you ever seen somebody who was hired to grocery shop? There's apps where you could hire somebody to do your grocery shopping for you. And they wear like fluorescent shirts. So you know that they're professional grocery shoppers and then they'll bring it to your house. There's a lot of companies that do this now. You don't have to go to the grocery store anymore. I saw one of these guys the other day and he was totally confused. And I get it. I get it. The way people shop right now is probably so specific. Next time you're at the grocery store, just look at all the milks. How many buzzwords are there? You got to find the right level of fat. Skim, 1%, 2%, 3%, whole, pasteurized, unpasteurized, non-pasteurized, organic, non-organic. Depends what brand you like, locally, farm sourced, all this shit. I mean, the label has about 300 things written on it. And this guy who was a professional shopper, he was going so slow throughout the milk. And he looked nervous. He looked like confused at everything. And I thought, yeah, I get it. That'd be the worst job ever to do somebody's direct grocery list that's not your own. What was written? I mean, how many instructions would you give this person? You have to write all the buzzwords. You can't just say get ground beef. You have to write the farm you like, organic, grass-fed, cage-free, farm-raised, grass-finished, locally sourced, all these things. You would never just write ground turkey, eggs. Look at the amount of options at the grocery store now. That's why we all have our rhythm. But I would never ask someone to grocery shop for me. I mean, I know I've had friends do it as a favor, like if you need a few things, but really there's endless options. Look at the mustards. There's like 32 brands, 32 brands. This is capitalism. All these entrepreneurs starting their own labels and they want a space on the shelves at the grocery store. And it seems like the grocery stores are just green lighting it. Seriously, look at the breads. How many aisles for all the breads? Look at the deli meats. Are you fucking kidding? They're just making up meats now. There's hybrids, roast beef bologna. Right next to turkey pastrami. Tell me what turkey pastrami is right now. Do it. Tell me what turkey pastrami is right now. Because pastrami, I think, is from a cow. And turkey's from a turkey. So what am I eating? And don't tell me a turkey humped a cow. I don't want to picture that. Okay, now I'm picturing it. And I don't regret it. But still, if you give me all these hybrids in the deli meat section. And then we still have the buzzwords. Because we're looking for nitrates. Does this have processed preservatives? Of course it does. Is it saturated in its own syrups? Is there food coloring? Or is this actually the color of what it is? Corned, peppered, prosciutto, bologna. What is it? Pig? Cow? What is it? A chicken? Sliced chicken? We've just accepted all these mixed meats. We don't know what we're eating. But there's endless brands. There's giant lit up bright walls. This is the best way to describe America. Our grocery stores. Endless options. This guy is probably still at the store right now with his endless list that he's going to bring to somebody and they'll go, eh, these apples are soft. You can't have somebody do your own grocery shopping. They might fuck up the apples. You have to touch your own fruit. You have to find your own bananas. If I hired a service to grocery shop for me and they brought back bruised bananas, you go back to the store, my friend. We all take our time. We all take our time. What can't I order now through the internet? Like, what do I actually have to leave my house for? I don't know. My wife ordered a car through a web service from Florida that was shipped here. You could order clothes. You could order shoes. You could order electronics. You could order toiletries, bathroom supplies. You could order paints and paintbrushes. You could order jackhammers and buzz saws. You could order a roof online, I think. You could probably order a human, right? Mail order bride? Yeah, Google it. You could order a wife. You could order a husband. You could find your mate, all the dating sites, <coughs> all the apps. What can't I get? 
Of course, you could get all your groceries. Wow, that's weird, right? I've stumped myself. Could I order fair equipment to my house? Like the zipper, the tilt-a-whirl, the scrambler, the sea dragon? Could you order this? If I had enough money, would they drop off a zipper at my house? Remember the zipper? Love the zipper. I think I wrote it 20 times in one day. At the county fair. What bands are playing the county fair? Los Lobos? Is it just Los Lobos at this point? Huey Lewis? Although he went deaf or blind. One or the other. I should Google that as well. All right. On my way to school the other day, on my way into work, I'm listening to 102.1. Hits from my day. I tell my students all the time, I hate your rap. I try to accept their generation. Okay, there's differences, generational differences. I get that, but I hate the rap. I hate it. There's some crossover. Rappers from my day that are still doing it and doing it at a pretty decent level. Jay-Z, Eminem, maybe Snoop. Snoop's still doing anything? Is he a reggae star now? But there's a few. There's a few rappers who are still in it. So I look for crossover when I talk to my students about rap. But really, whatever they like, it's the worst. So I'm driving in and Notorious B.I.G. comes on. Biggie Smalls. Going back to Cali. And it's so good. It's kind of hokey though now. It does kind of sound like an oldie. I have to be honest. I never thought my rap from the 90s would sound like an oldie. But I just know it would sound old if I played it for my 16-year-old students. So I asked a few of them, who likes Biggie Smalls? And a lot of hands went up. I said, all right, there we go. There's some crossover. And I knew when I was in high school in the late 90s, I think his double album came out, Life After Death. I think that came out when I was a sophomore or a junior. And I remember sitting on the carpet in my bedroom with a CD player, just listening to every track straight. Probably jaw dropped, like, oh, this is so good. And eventually, all of us suburbanites start memorizing lyrics. It's at our school dances, at the house parties, just scream rap in Biggie Smalls. And I was still able to. On my drive into school, just hearing it on the radio come on with all the bleeps, totally censored, I was still able to. I haven't heard the song in 15 years. But as I heard myself, I'm 38 years old, as I heard myself in my car rapping Notorious B.I.G. going back to Cali lyrics, I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I witnessed the moment. I wasn't only in the moment, I was witnessing myself looking like a total fool. Because these lyrics are foolish. Yeah, I said it foolish. So I'm about to read you one of his verses. Okay. I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to wrap it. I'm not going to wrap it right now. We're all adults here, but I'm just going to read you some of Biggie Smalls lyrics. And I'm going to censor some of this. Okay. These are words that I do not say on the podcast, but you listen to this and you tell me, why am I defending these rappers from the nineties as if they are gods, as if it's the Beatles. All right, here we go. Our friend Christopher Wallace, Biggie Smalls, he says, if I got to choose the coast, I got to choose the east. I live out there, so don't go there. So hospitable. He doesn't want us to go to the east coast. All right, this song is called Going Back to Cali, so I assume it's to glorify California, the great state that I'm from. So he says, I live out there, so don't go there. All right, Biggie Smalls, we won't go there because you live there. You're not ready to see us Californians there. Fine. But that don't mean an N-word can't rest in the West. See some nice breasts in the West. Really? That's the appeal? You can't get that out there in the East Coast? Smoke some nice cess in the West. Y'all N-words are a mess. Whoa. Thinking I'm going to stop giving LA props? All I got is beef 
with those that violate me. Okay, here he is, kind of aggressive now. I shall annihilate thee. What are you, Shakespeare? He's about to annihilate thee. He's already just threatening lives. Case closed, suitcase filled with clothes. Okay, so he's getting ready to travel to California. Linens and things. I begin things. Beepers start to flash. 818s, 213s, 313s, B-I-G. I love it. Pager reference. Beeper starts to flash. All this pager code that none of the current teens know. Frequently floss, hose at Roscoe's. What does that mean? Frequently floss, hose at Roscoe's. I've actually been to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. The original in LA. It's pretty good. It's pretty scary, but it's pretty good. And he says, I frequently floss hose there. What? Does he mean he has sex at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles? And then he says, if I want to squirt her, take her to Fat Burger. Free advertising. Spend about a week on Venice Beach sipping Cristo with some freaks from Frisco. I always thought he used to say sipping Crisco. I mean, wouldn't that fit? But Cristo, I guess that's champagne, with some freaks from Frisco. Okay. So people from Frisco came down to LA for his visit. I assume I'm trying to follow his itinerary, his travel itinerary. And then he says, Cali got gunplay, models on the runway, screaming, biggie, biggie, give me one more chance. I'd be whipping on the freeway, the NYC way on the Selly Selly with my homeboy Lance. Who? Did you just need a rhyme right there? Or do you actually have a friend named Lance? Pass hash from left to right. Oh, okay. They're smoking some hash in the car. Only got five blunts left to light. That's a lot, biggie. Five blunts? I mean, look, I know you smoke a lot of weed, but that seems excessive for this road trip. I'm set tonight. Met a bitch at the Versace store. Said she, oh boy. I don't even know if I want to read this. No. No, I can't read this. That's very sexual. Nope. I'm actually going to stop. I'm going to censor this. Biggie is really describing in-depth intercourse with hoes. And I'm not, I'm not going to read that anymore. I think I'm going to end it there. All right. So I appreciate you tuning into episode 78. Drop a rating on iTunes if you like. And if you don't want to, that's fine. You could just go on with your day. Honestly, when this podcast is over, just go on with your day. I hope it's a nice day though. I hope it's special because I love you. And I mean that episode 78 is in the books. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>